0: From Albany Public Library in Albany, New York, I'm Ryan Slowey. This is the Albany Made podcast. <laughs> Today's episode, I sat with my friends Kim Neaton, marketing and promoter assistant for Guthrie Bell Productions and local singer and guitar player Chris Jordan of the Slaughterhouse Chorus to talk about what live music means to us and the current state of live music in the Capital Region and beyond. I think it's one of the perks of growing up where I grew up in Hoosie Falls, where there's nothing going on there. I had the good fortune of living across the street from this dude who was a grade above me and he was really into underground stuff. So me and my friends all got into that and then my dad, we'd jump in my dad's van and he'd drive us to (coughs) QE2 almost every single Saturday. We'd come early because Music Shack was like right up the block we go to Music Shack and shop for CDs. And then we go to QE2, we had our cargo pants full of CDs. So <laughs> you go to QE2, but we never interacted with like the Albany scene. We were just there hanging out with each other. We stayed on the outskirts of everything. So we never became part of that thing. Mega Brain doesn't like consciously stay on the fringe of everything. We, it's just how we naturally are. Because we all grew up in those areas. It, was, it wasn't going to a show, it was going to a concert you know what I mean like you know the, yeah, you know the yeah. distinction we were going to a concert and we would go early to make sure we saw every single band we'd buy all the merch so now when I go to shows and the social scene part of it I do love seeing my friends but once the music starts I just wish everybody would just shut up and put their phones away and just watch mm-hmm. and
1: listen well it's
2: yeah. part of the difference with all you guys too thinking about going to a show as like a big event you weren't coming together to make music, like, we're part of this scene and the bands sound like this. You just had so many different influences, just as music fans, more like you wanted to create something unique to you, not that fits in with this already existing scene. And I think a lot of the bands back in the day even were just like, this is what bands in the scene sound like, so that's what we're doing.
0: I think bands were taking more risks back then. I think that's changing now. I think this sort of sameness has gone again now metal is ending up on the billboard charts and stuff like that now it's oh yeah it's insane
3: well yeah. maybe
2: that you know speaks good on just you know metal fans being passionate about it, well, as that's it I mean, to other genres yeah. of music where it's more just like a passing thing like, oh i hear those singles on the radio but i don't feel the need to buy the record or whatever
0: so there's definitely more lifers in the metal scene than there yeah. are in other yeah. scenes i think mm-hmm. um i think oddly uh the jam scene is, is like that, too. Oh, it's yeah. metal
2: and jam bands. It's
0: sort of, it's very For similar sure. in that regard, the, the just sort of worship of, of that sound.
3: Some analytical company scanned, I don't know if it was Facebook pages, just basically like the data. By doing that, they figured out who was the most happy by analyzing their post-speech, you know, using positive words and stuff, and then associating that with their preference in music. And it was a pretty, somewhat flawed methodology, but just sort of like an interesting way to play with the data that was available. Mm-hmm. Metal was the second most happiest community.
0: Because it's pure catharsis. Oh, yeah. People would always say to me, How can you be so relaxed and quiet? And then when you get on stage and play oh. that stuff, you're like, That. It's because of that. Yeah, I right. To That's be that. That. Yeah, yeah, right. right. What I'm interested in now, as far as live music goes, is when COVID happened, I honestly didn't really care about losing that thing. Mm -hmm. I cared more about not being able to just be in the same room with the guys and hang out once a week. That was sort of mostly what I was upset about. But playing shows, I could have taken it or leave it at that point. But there was one point, there was a day I was down in my basement and I was working on something, and I was listening to something, and I can't remember what it was, but it was something about how sad it is that artists and musicians, in a split second, our whole calling was just taken away from us. We just couldn't do it anymore. It, it gained so much perspective the last year, trying to figure out like, what actually matters about music to me and the band, and, and then all of a sudden I was like aching to play a show. It was just like all I wanted to do. You know someone said to me once that we're the most ourselves when we're doing that. so it would be interesting to see the level of intensity and motivation that bands have coming back. Are you finding people are extremely eager to start doing it again, or is there some apprehension?
2: I think right now it's just navigating the landscape of venues and regulations and what you can and cannot do like for like touring bands and stuff, it's like, yeah, you can plan. A tour in some states but not other states or you might have to have shows with pods in some states or whatever so i think it's still um figuring out the best how it works for bands and fans and venues and everything but no i mean i think bands anyone that i've talked to or worked with so far is completely thrilled to get back
3: yeah
2: a whole ecosystem yeah like in a a second it was gone you know and yeah for the first couple weeks i was like I don't have to think about selling tickets for things. (laughs) Like, I check Eventbrite, you know, a million times a day. Like, oh, we need to sell 50 more tickets to this show and 100 more to this show. So for a couple weeks, I was like, okay, nice break. But then you start to realize, like, oh, that was, like, your whole world. You know, for me, it was work and fun. Mm -hmm. And to just take that away, well, who am I then?
0: You're one of the few people I know, too, who have been able to have it be work and fun and not get jaded about it (laughs) at least not outwardly to me yeah no
2: (laughs) yeah no i'm not i absolutely love it and still do and yeah so it was definitely just like yeah what what am i who am i what am i supposed to be doing right now Mm. and you know in the beginning it was rescheduling shows for like a couple months later and then just realizing like oh no this is gonna be like a year you're in a band and a fan of music too but it's just like the whole ecosystem that people don't think about when it comes to like bands that go on tour and sound guys and stage hands and merch people it's huge and like I think about even in the jam band world all the hippies that sold their crystals and pins a different (laughs) festival every week it's like where are those people Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's like a whole pause on people's complete way of lives People are excited to get back.
0: Like our whole identity is wrapped up in that thing, too, kind of, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, certainly me, music, recording, playing, whatever, more so recording in these past few years, but that was the other thing, is all the studios shut down. did a session, I remember it was like March 8th, was the last in-person session I had done, and then I had, the following week I had another date scheduled, and the studio owner called me up and he said, I can't have people around, so I'm closing up shop for now. Closed up for good now, didn't survive. My main apprehension about it isn't so much safety based at this point, it's more do I want to play a show in a room where people have to be separated into little sections or wearing masks or
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know to lose that I mean especially metal, you jam. Can't, yeah. People are dancing, people are banging into each other. You know, there's a there's yeah, a there's a physical closeness yeah, yeah, right. to certain genres of music that is, like, essential to the band
3: yeah, right. being
0: able to perform the way that they need to perform. Like, mm-hmm. without that, it's yeah, like... There's, are, you there's just, that synergy between... You just feel awkward yeah, right. and right. you don't put it out, right? Well,
2: yeah, I right. saw, like, you know, Rage Against the Machine was supposed to go on a tour last year, and they had some statement where they're like, we're not going to play socially distant shows. Yeah, And I'm like, I don't want to see a socially distant yeah. Rage Against mm-hmm. the Machine show. No. No interest in doing that, but... Yeah. You know, what me and Greg, who I work for with Guthrie Bell Productions, when we were able a little bit last fall, and then the numbers got high, so we stopped for a bunch of months, and we picked it up in the spring, we were doing dinner shows at The Hollow, you Mm -hmm. know, where it was just, like, very limited, 30 to 40 people, um, and bands would play, like, two sets, like a short set, then dinner, then a longer set, and all the acts that played, those were just thrilled at the opportunity to play in front of people, even Mm -hmm. if it was only... 30 people and a lot of those artists took the opportunity to play different versions of their songs and mm-hmm. they never got to try out before and just to have a room where people are listening because so many local artists you know you guys have experienced like you play in a room and people are just more worried about staying at the bar and talking mm-hmm. so that was good for the bands and the fans
0: what i'm curious to see is if i'll call it forced engagement for lack of a better term with yeah that. i wonder if that kind of changed people's attitudes towards the sort of <laughs> peripheral aspect of being in a show
3: at least a lot of the people that went to these shows were kind of like the diehards anyway. they mm-hmm. were the ones that that would you know go to all all of that art any of those mm-hmm. art that artist shows or whatever, and they couldn't wait to see them. so I think those people kind of already came you know preloaded with a certain appreciation for the situation, and they were gonna do whatever it takes.
2: Every show we say we're gonna go to we usually go to. But, you know, how many times are people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check out that show and never go to a show. I hope people never do that anymore. Just, like, go to every show you think you want to go to. Because I've never once regretted it once I've gotten there. I mean, and what we realized, too, like, a few months in, when we're just like, oh, this is going to be, we're in it for the long haul here, no shows, you start to realize all the friends that maybe aren't your best friends, but you would see them a couple times a month without even trying at a show. And it's like, there's just this whole... World of people that we haven't seen mm-hmm. for yeah. like a year and a half almost. Yeah. I miss those people. Me too. So, you know, I think people are just going to be eager to get back to all of that. We went to a rare form and Troy had a free show with the Abysmals and who else played Pony and the Pancake um, and a couple other bands. But that was like a reunion. We yeah. showed up mm-hmm. there and it was just a hundred people that we haven't seen in over Brilliant. a year. And that felt really good. people are eager to get out one thing i hope that sticks though is um starting things earlier <laughs> 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 i hope i mean especially in the jam band world you know greg would always be like doors at eight show at nine but then the open would really go on at 9 30 and it's like how about we just do doors at seven show at eight
0: i, I used to leave for- greg shows when he would do shows at valentine's i'd leave at like three thirty. 30 yeah the yeah. Every time.
2: I think you do, you lose some people starting that late. So I think the, there's some adjustments that I think can be made. You know, I
0: often wonder if that's a, a very Albany thing, too, because I've been to other towns and played shows and benches shows and whatever, and I don't, I can't remember many times where something said shows at 8 o'clock and it didn't start till 9.30 like it does in Albany. Right. You know, there was always this running joke, you never headline, you only play last. because. Yeah usually when you headline i'm doing air quotes for you listeners (laughs) when you headline you're playing at midnight i mean we've gone on stage at like one in the morning before
2: yeah half the people are gone
0: well and also i'm almost 40 like i don't even i don't want to be playing i don't want to i don't have the energy you know right i've had like eight beers because i've been here all night
2: i still have a big amp to carry i still got
0: an amp to carry i gotta let the dog out i gotta get out of here I really hope you're right about that. Albany has a real big bar culture. So we would be playing a show and it would be 1030 at night and people would be coming up to me like, dude, when are you guys going to go on stage? I got to go down to this other place. So you're contending with that too. But like you get in there early, show's over by 11, party all night. Right. And that's great too, because it is really fun to then after the show's over, then you hang out with your friends totally. and like really get into it. And I always really like that. You know,
2: well I like, think part of the reason that it's such a competition though and something that you know always bothers me just people are the struggle with having to pay to go to a show like and especially if it's more than five bucks, people are like, well, I don't know but it just drives me crazy because you go to some bars and a craft beer's eight bucks. <laughs> yep. a nice cocktails 12 sometimes fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. but you can't pay. to see three bands that Mm -hmm. have been busting their ass for years to write these songs and get them ready for you. And Mm -hmm. it's like hours of entertainment and you're like, but it's $15.
0: It's $15 and you're paying for years or just hours and hours, maybe months of someone's very hard work and creativity. Because in order to play a show, you have to have... I mean, at least like a half an hour's worth of material. And for a lot of bands, that's like six, seven, eight songs. It takes a long time to write six, seven, eight songs. It's a lot of work. You tighten them up. You're lugging your shit around everywhere. You buy These bands buy vans. <coughs> the, the personal investment into being in a band is so much more than people fathom. Yeah.
3: I think it's like a combination of a few things. First off, I think people don't want the commitment. To, they don't want to pay 15 bucks and have this, like you're saying, people can look at their phone and see that there's something else going on in town. You know, it's like this, this FOMO thing. Also, too, I think part of it is just people at our age now going out is just like a thing you may do like once or twice a week. Going to see music isn't as important to you anymore, I guess. When you're younger, it's like, oh, you're like I, I have my band, my buddy's band, I'm a part of the scene. You know, it's like a more of like your lifestyle more of your social structure, but now that, you know, people are just older and they're in their kind of like little family units. But know, I think so
2: people our age, though, at least grew up with that and yeah, have right. that.
3: <laughs> well, and that's, you that's I anything? guess... Right in my mouth. Oh, I got the dog. Um, but, yeah. that yeah, that's what I, I still wonder is, like, like are where are the kids? Are The younger folks? Yeah, like, I mean, are there, are there like, little robust communities of bands? There's people? no
0: all-age venues anymore. That's well, yeah, the that's problem. been a big I, problem. I mean, um, I was 16 at the QE2. Q2 had... There was no... 16-year-olds had no business being in a place like that. Yeah. But we were allowed, so we went. There's no, there's no places like that anymore. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and especially with this almost year and a half off from shows... Any kids that are, you know, hitting those years or turning 18 where they would be able to go to a show. It's just been a year and a half of that not being a part of their lives at all. And coming of age into, you know, finding your own scenes and stuff to be a part of. So is there now just going to be this huge gap in people that that's the thing that they do? It's like a total reset.
0: What is left? What's left for us? Because I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. I, know, and- I mean, we lost... Low beat, what do we have now?
2: We still do shows at the Hollow all the time. There's the Hangar in Troy, which is great, but there isn't a little cheap bar venue like a low beat was.
0: That, like, anybody could book? That
2: any new up and coming band can be like, I can book this room, and even if only 20 of my friends come, that's fine. No one's losing tons of money, mm. or like, this isn't, you know, like, we don't have that space, I don't think. I think. A lot of places that aren't traditional venues, like Rare Form and Troy, they're like, well, we have a PA and an outdoor area. And because still with restrictions, you can't just be like, it's 100% capacity in a GA room or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think right now it's just in this weird transition where people that have random spaces that maybe aren't venues are trying to have bands.
0: Will more sort of Otter spaces Take advantage of it And start being like Well we'll fill that gap For you Definitely Yeah Um,
2: Like right now It's people that have Outdoor spaces Because that's where Everyone feels the most Comfortable and you Can have more people So
0: And maybe then Those people will be like Well this has been cool Actually doing this So we should keep doing this Right
2: And that's great I mean to me like Being a promoter And stuff like You know you're so used To working with Traditional venues And yeah seeing places Like breweries like that Just be like Well we can book a band And we don't need anyone You know Yeah because people just show up because right now there's not much going on so if you have a show happening wherever it is people are excited to go see it it's
3: almost like the the all-ages venue has been missing for a while and now the entry-level dive bar has been eliminated from the local scene also mm-hmm. there's now two barriers to entry to to get into the music
0: and that, yeah and that's the them too that's what i'm afraid of in a way because my band now we're a heavy band we project a lot of negative emotion but we also have this sort of element of transcendence and positivity to it and there's still like the weird stigma with the more mid-sized venues not booking those more extreme genres i don't know anybody who's booking rooms like that that takes chances on local bands who play that style of music so i'm a little i'm nervous but i'm also a little excited to see what happens because i would love to play in more just sort of free form kind of environments and not be so confined because also the other thing is i'm sick of playing for venues where the venue takes all the money from the door and mm-hmm. gives nothing to the bands some of the best shows i've ever played is where you can show up with your own six-pack you know what i mean mm-hmm. and right and everybody's having a good it's more like a party but it's in but there's a stage in a pa and legit in one way and then mm-hmm. real underground in another way yeah you know those are sort of the more fun shows
2: i think we're still just in a big stage of like yeah it's all shaken out and seeing seemed- Who's going to be doing shows where? If you are requiring proof of vaccination or a negative test, then you can have full capacity GA. Do you require that? Because then it's a whole thing where, like, you're losing some people, but then more people will feel comfortable you know and and go right now a band especially a band that's on you know tour like traveling like they can't really reduce too many of their costs a lot of the time so if a band costs 2 grand and you want to book them but you're not requiring vaccinations so you still need to be spaced out every one of those tickets is going to have to cost a bunch more money wow. and then the bars making less money so it's like this balance of do you require vaccinations then you just can open up the doors and have triple the people and everyone has more potential to make more money and the ticket price can be less we're so close to going back to normal but going back to normal is being able to have venues at 100 percent full capacity no one's gonna be you know making the money they used to make and having the jobs they used to have without that
0: yeah, i keep seeing you mentioned touring bands putting up their tour dates they're all in september October. yeah
2: and i think because summer you know you can do the festivals and stuff and the more outdoor things i'm actually helping a promoter out in Syracuse right now who's doing a big outdoor series. And with those, we're doing pods. You buy tickets for like two, four, or six people, and it's a little roped-off area. Mm-hmm. And at first I was nervous, like, well, people hate this. But we just had four shows last weekend, and people loved them. They're like, I can bring my kids to a show, and there's not a drunk person spilling beer on mm-hmm. them. Like, I have my own space dance
0: (laughs) yeah well shows become more polite
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's just like you have
2: your own area to bring your own chairs and blanket and like you can no one's touching you Mm. and it's almost like everyone's vip
1: yeah Yeah, yeah, really got their own box but it's like you know the
2: tickets are five or ten dollars more because it's less people right but i think looking in the future like people loved it just like with the dinner shows where it's like i could see in a big field ga show you're gonna have a section that's pods and people Mm. might be willing to pay a little bit more we're almost there, but I will say, like, last weekend doing those shows in Syracuse, it just felt good to welcome people through a gate of an event. Because these people, you know, it was the jam band scene, this band Twiddle, they played four nights, and it's like those people have been waiting a year and a half to see their band. And some of those people came all four nights. Just to, yeah, stand at a front gate and greet people that are that excited. It's just, that felt really good. Seeing your friends, it's something that brings you so much joy, and it's like we just did not have it, so... Yeah. It just feels good to be back in the same room with people that love the same stuff.
0: What about the people that work in the industry? a lot of people end up bailing on it because they couldn't stick it out? I
2: think it was tough. I mean, you know, there's so many different situations in music. It's a lot of people that are freelancers and stuff. Maybe unemployment was hard to get or whatever, or just, you know, the uncertainty of, like, I have these skills that aren't really useful anywhere else. I think a lot of people did kind of retrain and get into other stuff. The The security crew that we worked with out there, they were all so stoked to be back. You know, they're like, great, there's five venues in the area that we'll all be at all summer. People felt refreshed. You yeah. know, a lot of people that were in, like, the box office and all the bar staff, they're like, yeah, I'll admit, I was getting kind of get jaded traded, about yeah. it. But I think it was, like, a restart for people. You know, now they're saying it, and hopefully it sticks. Just, like, I'm not going to let myself get that miserable again. Like, just remember, like, we work in rock and roll. Like, this is pretty sweet.
1: There
0: albany made podcast is a production of albany public library in albany new york engineered by ryan slowey today's music provided by maggot brain the abysmals and the slaughterhouse chorus if you like what you hear visit MaggotBrainNY.bandcamp.com, the abysmals that's B Y S S M and the slaughterhousechorus.com you can find more episodes on our youtube page at albany ny library soundcloud apple podcasts and other podcast apps or by visiting our website www.albanypubliclibrary.org thank you for listening